0: We're living in a day and age where man has gone stark raving mad. The reason is he's trying to excuse his sin. He wants to ignore God. But friend of mine, God put in the heart of every man a conscience and the Spirit down underneath his soul. And there's nothing in the world that satisfies like the presence of a living God. Hallelujah. I have heard enough tonight to let me know that we are in the will of God. You know, I really feel last night like gates were open for some of you. And I feel like God has yet to do some great things with this church. I'm going to tell you what, you got a revival church. This church is not second class, this church is God's finest hallelujah You say well friend. I don't see stained glass and big steeples and huge parking lots full of Cadillacs God ain't listening. God don't care God will use the small things to confound the wise and when it's revealed from heaven God will say there was a church over on East 17th that preached the truth and had the power where were you? Well, I was over there, you know, with the guy that had the big line and all the money. God said I was never in that. You may be saying, well, man, who made you judge? God's going to hold me accountable according to the judgment that I use that He put in my soul through the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about judging my brother, I'm talking about judging the false from the true. Hallelujah! This thing's as clear as black and white. The problem is, people like it a little furry. People like it a little grey. So they can excuse their carnality. My God, I didn't come here to preach fire and brimstone tonight, but I will preach in the Holy Ghost. If you would stand with me for the reading of the Word of God, I'd like to draw your attention to Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Incredible portion of Scripture. The words of Jesus Christ. If you don't have a Bible, please look on with someone. We want you to know that we're in the book around here. We're not just all frothing at the mouth because we were rejects from society. We're in the book. That's why we're excited. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now one of the things that makes this scripture so unique is it's first quoted in Isaiah 61. Jesus is fulfilling that Old Testament prophecy here in Luke chapter 4. The difference being in verse 19 Jesus said to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That verse is not complete. If you go to Isaiah 61, and he also said to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. We are not a day of vengeance. We are a day of acceptability to our God. That's a glorious, glorious thing. Because when the day of vengeance comes, friend, there's no more. You can't go back. But we are in the dispensation of grace. John chapter 20. John chapter twenty and verse nineteen. Oh, thank God for water. You know, the devil doesn't like water, Pastor. That's right. We're washed by the water. We're baptized in the water. One writer said you're saved by baptism in water. We're sprinkled by blood, but we're immersed in water. Keep that sprinkling business out of the water. John chapter 20, verse 19. Jesus Christ, after His resurrection returning unto the disciples. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Please listen closely. Came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Now notice, they're behind barricaded walls. The windows were closed. The door was barricaded because they were afraid of the Jews, Jesus walked right through a wall and said, peace, be still, be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side, showed the wounds. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. The message I am to preach to you tonight, walls, wounds, and wholeness. Walls, wounds, and wholeness. And there are many among us that have wounds behind walls. God, we love you, we praise you, we stand in your awesome presence tonight. We're thankful, Father, for the power of Your presence that we felt in this service already. God, I pray that the power of Your Spirit, God, brings illumination to every heart and every mind. That they can understand the glorious power that is resident at Your hand. Father, we ask it humbly tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say, Amen. You may be seated. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're in the presence of royalty tonight. Hallelujah. Walls, wounds and wholeness. In this last portion of Scripture that I read in your hearing, it's a very profound Scripture indeed. When we break down the exact setting of the Lord's appearance, there were few that had seen the Lord after His resurrection. But this is the first appearance that Jesus makes to the twelve, the eleven I should say. After following the Lord for three years, listening to His words and seeing His miracles, seeing the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost by the hands of the Master, they were barricaded behind walls. It didn't matter that they had walked with Him for three years, they were still filled with fear. Barricaded behind walls, behind closed doors, they assembled for fear. The Lord recognizing this making his appearance and wanting it to be made known walked through the wall. The first thing he did to their troubled hearts was said peace. The second thing he did when there was peace among them showed them wounds. And then they were glad. Hallelujah. I want to bring certain things to your hearing tonight that may be some things that uh, you maybe have never heard before. I do not wish to upset the of theological debate, but I want to give you some things to consider tonight. Hallelujah! In Luke chapter 4, the very first scripture that I read in your hearing tonight, we see that Jesus Christ introduced his gospel in the synagogue by reading the fulfillment of what was quoted by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 61 I'd like to read it again to you Jesus saying the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised there was ever a day and an hour in which this scripture ought to be fulfilled. It's in the year 1992 when people are run committing hairy carry to find the needs of their sin-filled soul. Hallelujah. But the very first thing that I want to bring to your cognizant understanding tonight is the fact that there was a direct distinction between the gospel of Jesus Christ and his earthly ministry. As I said, you may not have ever heard this before, but I think that after you give me audience tonight, that you will be able to see scripturally that there was a very distinct difference between these two elements. In Luke chapter 24, verses 46 and 47, the Lord, by His own mouth, gave His definition of the gospel. He says, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Paul also reiterates in a stronger form found in 1 Corinthians 15, essentially the same thing. He says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures both Jesus and Paul's definition of the gospel is the death the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ according to the scriptures if you get out of these scriptures and you can mingle it any way you want you can talk about the death you can talk about the burial you can talk about the resurrection and all those denominal forces that have done just that and dissected it in just a way that it backs up the theology. But if it's not according to the Scriptures, which the Lord Jesus said, and the Apostle Paul, it's not truth. Hallelujah. The Gospel is the good news of the kingdom of God and of salvation to be received by faith. On the basis of the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ was on a different wavelength than the fullness of His purpose in fulfilling the Gospel. Hallelujah. The physical healing of the Lord Jesus Christ brought a validating testimony of his deity and his power. You may remember, according to the scriptures, when John the Baptist was in prison, he sent messengers to the Lord, seeking validation if it was he or should he seek another. And this is what the Lord's reply was to the messengers. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. I believe even John testified to this. He received his validation. If you've come into this sanctuary tonight and after hearing the testimony of these people that were delivered from bondage and delivered from carlality and perversion, if that's not testimony that there's truth in this house, what seek ye? What validation do you seek tonight of a God that's able to change the human element? Hallelujah! Other examples of the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 3 it says, For He healed many. Insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him. Mark chapter 5 says that the wild man of Gadara had a legion of devils cast out of him. Matthew chapter 8 says equal to the AIDS epidemic of our day. Speaking unto lepers the Lord said if thou wilt thou can make me clean and Jesus said I will be thou clean and immediately their leprosy was cleansed. Listen closely Jesus also restored the man's withered hand raised Lazarus from the dead rebuked earthly forces of nature walked on water fed 5,000 with fire loaves and two fishes, rebuked unclean spirits, cast out devils, rebuked the devil to his face, turned water into wine, raised a child from the dead, forgave sins of adultery, was transformed on a mountaintop, made the lame to walk, opened blinded eyes, healed the deformed, healed the, the widow with the issue of blood, healed the centurion's servant. And there are also many things that John wrote, which Jesus did the which if they should be written every one of them I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books of the things that he did hallelujah but the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus only was a means to back up his gospel Well, let's put our hands together and praise the Lord Hallelujah. Jesus' tremendous evidence of physical, spiritual, and mental healings culminated with the greatest miracle of all, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Most of the healings and miracles were done to people who had not received the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before this night's through, friend, you're going to find out that within the bosom of every child of God and to every human being, 5.4 billion of them is the power to have every single thing in their life taken away. But there must be some things, there is a criteria to be met. Why is it that most of the people that received their miracles did not have a chance to receive the Gospel? Because John 7.38 said that He was not yet glorified. The Holy Ghost was not yet able to be received by man. The Lord sought to build belief and faith in them by meeting their specific needs so that they might or could believe the gospel after he had been resurrected and ascended up into heaven the earthly ministry was just a modus apparatus of god allowing man to see a glimpse of the power that was resident in this man jesus christ so that they might believe the gospel I earnestly believe tonight that the reason that we're not winning this world like we need to is because the devil has got us into the arena of doctrinal sorting. If he can get us to first battle you with our doctrine and put a negative in your mind that you'll never understand the power that rests in our bosom. And I believe as apostolics we need to understand That the very most important thing in our lives is that they first feel God through us. And I appreciate what this man said tonight about allowing yourself to be a witness. Hallelujah. Because that is the most effective thing. Jesus knew that when He healed. He knew that these are going to be very witnesses. And when the time comes, they'll believe the gospel because I've got some witnesses. Hallelujah! Are you a witness tonight, or are you just an observer? Are you part of the body, or are you on the outside looking in tonight? Do you want a piece of the pie, or do you want to stand off and watch others have it all? Hallelujah! John chapter 14 and verse 12 says this, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, The works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father. The Lord was saying that when you receive this Holy Ghost power. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 he said. When I go away that's okay. Because when you receive the Holy Ghost. You'll receive power. We can't expect the denominal world to have the revival that God wants to give. They ain't got the Power you may say well i can feel god and i feel like i'm right with god if it, it's not according to the scriptures you'll never have the fullness of the power that he had hallelujah 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 mm. God's fixing to do some things around here tonight. The ministry described in Luke chapter 4, 418 is a spiritual inner ministry that takes place in the inner man. What Jesus did while He was on earth, in the physical, was only a type of what he was able to do in the spiritual. The, the difference being, he could not do it in the spiritual till he was ascended and in the bosom of every child of God through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! The very first thing that the Lord came to do, friend of mine, was to preach the Gospel to the poor. Hallelujah! That word poor has very little to do with monetary gain. It means one who crouches and cowers. As a noun, it means a beggar to cower down or hide oneself for fear, intimidation, and rejection. The greatest human fear that beats in the heart of every human being is the fear of rejection and the fear of failure. And the reason why some of you give up on yourself and give up on God is because you're afraid. I curse that spirit tonight and let the love of God put you back together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus first came to restore relationships. Hallelujah! When Adam and Eve had fallen in the garden, they lost the relationship with God. They lost the relationship with one another. And they lost the relationship within themselves. But Jesus Christ came to rebuild the relationship with the Father and came to give us relationship to one another. But it doesn't end there. He wants to put you back together with yourself! When I get done tonight, you're going to see exactly this principle that, in as far as I'm concerned, it's gone unnoticed far too long, and the power is within our reach. Hallelujah. Before any other healing in the human dimension can begin, a person must obey the gospel. And in obedience to the gospel, you receive the Holy Ghost. You see, the miracles that Jesus Christ did when He was here was a validation that He was who He said He was. But now He's in the Spirit. Now He can work on the inner man that's the whole concept of his ministry is to work on the inside cuz that's where you're destroyed that's where the hang-ups are that's where the scars are that's where the wounds are but there'll be no further healing because the very first thing he came to do is to preach the gospel to the fearful Romans eight fifteen says we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1 says, We have not received the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. Perfect love, which is the love of God, casts out fear. Some of you are so fearful at the core of your whole lifestyle is fear of rejection. Fear of what everybody's going to think. Do I say the right things? Do I look the part? It's fear and it's not the love of God. Hallelujah. Shandari alaba mondoya bahaya. Ann Landers receives an average of 10,000 letters a month. She was once asked what was the most common of all common problems of all the letters that received. Out of the 10,000 letters, she says the most common problem is fear. People are afraid out there. The reason they drink, the reason they're in perversion, the reason they go to the bars, the reason they do drugs, at the basis of it all is they're afraid. Jesus also came to heal the brokenhearted. The word heal means to make whole, the word broken means to rub together as to shatter or break in pieces by crushing. Divorce. One out of every two marriage ends in divorce. You know what that does? It tears the human spirit. Because when the two become one and there's a departure, it automatically tears the human spirit. And the human beings that are subject to that have to fill those pockets or wounds with something! Children of divorce! Divorce! they're coming out of the woodwork you go into these Walden books of these secular bookstores and see the books written by Roseanne Barr and these Jackson people they're coming out of the woodwork how they were molested as children at the hands of a of uh, alcoholic parents they're coming out all over the place and we've got the power that within the bosom of every man woman and child can be put back together it's not psychology it's Holy Ghost You think God just shines up the outside? You're crazy! God wants to make you whole! God wants to make you an overcomer! But some of us are so afraid because we've never really received the Gospel. Because when you get the Holy Ghost, which is the love of God, it casts out all fear. Children of alcoholics, the death of a spouse or a loved one where there is grief. Maybe you guys never heard this kind of preaching before. I'm going to tell you what. You talk to these guys at AA, find out their families that have been lost, their precious loved ones that turn their back on them because of their problem. I'm telling you what you'll see some broken hearts and there's only one AA can't do nothing about the broken heart friend it might put a psychological whammy on you, so that you can put down the bottle through repetition but it'll never put together the inner man which is the ministry of Jesus Christ in the Holy Ghost is to put you back together this world's starving for this gospel because they're dying on the inside Jesus came to preach deliverance of the captives it means the release from bondage or imprisonment drugs alcohol sexual perversion filthy habits of mind spirit and body oppression depression repression and suppression you say that's pretty heavy language for the, for the house of God. I'm here to tell you, friend, it's time we start playing hardball. There's a different breed of cats coming in the church that need some meat, that need reality, that need the power of God Almighty in the Holy Ghost. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. him. He's able. There's people here tonight. You're scared to death. I'm not the big shot with the microphone. I'm a human being that was nobody, still am. I'm just in Christ Jesus. And as long as I stay there, I'll get put back together. And I'll be an overcomer by the word of my testimony. And His blood will make me whole. And it'll heal whatever comes my way. But see, what we don't understand is even in our Christian walk, Through sin, mistakes, we can open the door to demonic oppression. How is it that we can be delivered when we come to God and maybe two, three, four years down the road, we're back under something else? It was the intention of God that you would always have the joy. It don't matter if you feel it it's just the fact of knowing that God's on the other side and he's gonna make it right because he's already paid the price I bind that spirit of distraction there's distraction that's sweeping across here there's some of you that need what I'm preaching tonight You're so desperately needing to move from your place of fear and torment. You don't know what to do. I'm here to tell you in the Holy Ghost, God's able, God's ready, God's willing. 500,000 people around the world commit suicide a day. Because they get the devil on their back. The message that was preached last night maybe had given some of you some illumination. But it did not answer the deeper questions in your soul. I'm here to give you a word of confidence and encouragement tonight. God knows exactly where you're at and He's wanting to put you back together. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 says this. Speaking of Jesus Christ who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. We need to understand, folks, and I say this respectfully,